0: So what we do is we we use three apps. The first one is life planner. What's your story? And where do you think you're going? What do you want to do in life? So we wear that hat one is, where are you going? What's your story so far? Then we sit down and do the financial planning where we go, what, what are your assets? This is what people think is assets, inflows, outflow, which you mentioned before, but how much is enough? If you had enough money today to live your life with everything you wanted, would you do the same thing tomorrow as you're gonna do?
1: Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the international space station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code Gavin in capital letters, G A V I N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no brainer. Download the knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code Gavin to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the business mastermind podcast. One of my early lessons in the world of neuro-linguistic programming and LP was leave somebody in a better state than you find them. And Sean Holt, our guest today, he's a wealth manager. Him and his team uh, help people to build and manage wealth so it has um, value through generations. So you create generational wealth and it can be passed down with a purpose, and the whole maxing behind it is, how can you make sure that your children, and indeed in time their children, are left in a better place than when you found them, and then that wealth endures and grows instead of being dissipated over time. An important conversation with a really, such a beautiful, genuine, heartfelt man, um, with a very clear perspective on how you can create wealth with purpose, for the benefit, not only of your family in generations to come, but the community around you and the people that you serve. Hi, Gavin here, and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today we're speaking with Sean. Sean Holt, he's a wealth manager. He's a wealth manager that looks at the world and the protection of and the growth of wealth in a very different way to uh, what a lot of people might think it's about. We're going to have a conversation today about Legacy, about growing wealth, um, and about what you can do as your business revives as we come out. We hope we'll come out the other side of this or the other end of the tunnel uh, of COVID. So, uh, Sean, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast.
0: Thank you, Gavin. I'm pleased to be here
1: delighted to have you here and some fellow dulcet northern tones which is also always good to have on always good to have on the the the, the show so just share a little bit about what you do and a bit about your background that gets you to here.
0: I think it starts a long time ago with my family um, brought up on a council estate we were very close um, not a lot of money really but high in values high in work a tradition of Miners in the northwest of england um what they did do as a family is give me time as a person and, and, and and love and affection which is is really good i was then an engineer for 10 years which i hated with a passion um ended up in japan working on different contracts for a northwest uk company um and it taught me a lot about values um and then nearly 30 years ago i started financial advisor, which was the start of me wanting to change people's lives. It was just advice then, um,
1: but obviously it's a lot more sophisticated. And what prompted the shift from engineering to financial advice?
0: The guy who came round, uh, looked like he had an easy job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <And> you <laughs> hadn't easy. had an easy job for the last ten years, then. Yeah, he,
0: um, he came round and I'm thinking I have to go to Japan and Singapore, and he's just nipping around the corner. And I also had a young son who was about six months old, and it, it was taking me away from what I, where I wanted to be, which was with my family. Yeah. Um, but I was always good with numbers and figures, so I, I thought, you know, what, I can do that.
1: So you retrained, obviously.
0: So I retrained, then it was five weeks, but now I'm all the way up to a fellow, which is as high as you can go in the UK. Um, But it's not, I think that's just the starting gate for anybody to, you know, you need the knowledge to be able to help people. Um, So that's what I do is make sure that I've got enough information in my mind and listen to like your podcasts and I've listened to your book, which is brilliant. Uh, Very much, by the way. Um, but no, any any kind of learning I can pick up is is not just about finance. It's about people and lives and and way, other ways I can help.
1: So, what inspires you in terms of with the work that you do? Because I know it's it, it's more than than financial advice to you. So, what's the driver for you?
0: You know what, the main thing is changing people's lives and changing the way the world looks at money. Um, There's an old Chinese proverb, but basically it means wealth will be lost in three generations or clogs to clogs. You'll, You'll hear this a lot. And we are the richest ever generation going through society in history. And the kids below us won't be as wealthy. So unless we change something now, we're going to have issues in 30, 50, 100 years. Why is that? Happened.
1: Why do you think that is? Is Is it is it down to the work ethic that you spoke about a few minutes ago? Why, why, why do you think the kids below us won't have the same level of wealth?
0: Because we, I think house prices across the world, if you go back 30 years, house prices is one. Um, I think we've been more prosperous. We've had technology boom. Um, there's just been a revelation of wealth. You know, going back 20 years, where was Facebook? Where was Twitter? Where was Amazon?
1: They weren't there even. But my question is, why would that, why would our the next generation, why would our children not experience that kind of level? Because of, uh... when
0: when you look at my children, they're in the 20s, they've got three children, and then apart from learning from me, they've never been taught about finance, they've never been taught about managing money. Schools, especially in the UK, maybe not as much in the States, do not teach financial planning. So therefore, if someone inherits money in the 20s, oh, it's like to walk through yeah, yeah. And by the time they've realized they've made a mistake, they're in the 30s and they're broke. Yeah. So therefore, you, you, money is important, but it's, it's how you make sure that that's, because it's, it's, it is important to make things happen in your life. But if I said, your family or money, you would, there's only one option. You choose your family. So my question to you, Gavin, I can I can I know I'm not the interviewer,
1: but can I start
0: with what what does wealth mean to you?
1: I, I there's two levels to this question for uh, uh, for me. So the, the the first of though is is to have. Uh, yeah, recurring income that uh, exceeds your outgoing so that you have the choice of how you spend your time and what you do money and so that you can enjoy some of the things that you might want to enjoy but it, it it's wider than that it's it, it's health to go with it you know and it, it, it's in fulfillment enjoyment with friends and family and the experiences that that money or that wealth can help you afford so that might be travel holidays etc so it's it's not just money on its own okay so, what's wealth management? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about the word management is it, it makes the assumption that it's managing a resource or a condition that's already there. So, um, and I think the practices of wealth management around, you know, if, if those things that make wealth for you are are, are health, or family, or fulfilment in terms of whether that your, your hobbies and your past, your your, your travel for example and your finances then wealth management is managing your life so that you achieve that um greatest fulfillment across all those areas but i think it also starts with the wealth creation so that you can manage it so that you start living that on that journey
0: okay i think i think it's good i think what about um so what we the way we feel is different is um Money is important, financial. When I ask the question of wealth, it tends to be money, property, jewelry, cars, financial wealth. So therefore that's a tangible thing that we can actually manage. And that's important and it really is important, but we look at your core of things such as your family, your health, your happiness, your well-being, your values is important to people. You know, making sure if that money goes down, Uh, a generation it has a positive impact on your children and often we we learn a lot as we're going through life and obviously you have a lot of experience from kpmg and and working with businesses and you've got a lot of experience where you could educate your boys and sometimes that if something happened to you does that stop how do we keep that going on and the knowledge going in so what we try and do, and then you've got society. Tax is a contribution to society. If we all stop paying taxes, what would the country be like in the US or England or France, wherever you're listening to this from? Tax is a contribution, and you don't choose how it's paid, but also you can contribute to charity work or giving your time. So wealth management, in my eyes, is not just about the money. It's about making sure that, the money's gonna go somewhere uh, when people pass on it. How do we make sure we give the next generation the best chance of using it in the best way possible? Love There's a there's a guy who um who sort of um Steve Heaney is called, he got the military cross um in, in the UK, which is the highest military honour you can get, and he um he was leaving, he fought, there's a book, they're gonna make a film about Steve, he's a great guy. And um, there was 28 of them fought um, in Sierra Leone against 3000 rebels. And he got a military cross for leading and, and getting all 28 out, non-dead. Wow. Um, and sort of saved the airport and things. Um, but he wants? when I was talking to him, he once said to me, he said, the thing is about the military, anywhere around the world is you should leave the person who's taking over from you in a better place than you found it. And whatever that, wherever you can apply that to, and that's how the military works in the UK or anywhere in the world, the next generation have got to be in a better place than the previous one. And what we do is give people, the next generation, just a load of cash or more money or more assets, and that's not putting them in a better place because they can't handle it. The 20-odd-year-old, 30-odd, whatever age they are, and then you get the fact that you've got your family and maybe your husband or a wife who, if this if they split up, you don't want your wealth going to, and all of a sudden it's dissipating away.
1: Mm. I, I was, one of the phrases I was brought up on is you know, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish to fish, feed him alive. And so whilst the imprinting from my father about financial management may not have been the best. Um, the uh, certainly the work ethic to learn to want to to want to work hard to to want to learn how to um, you know achieve a, a result or an objective in in your life was important.
0: Things things we ask our clients are what you know some of the things are what lessons in life would you pass on to your beneficiaries? Yeah, that that's not a money thing, is it? If you you know there's things you will pass on. Um, You know, because if you can trace back. If you if we, if we build a legacy plan for a client, we'll talk about grandparents. What did they do? What did your grandparents do? What did your parents do? What do I do? You'll see a trait. You'll see traits. A pit man in the northwest of England worked hard. Mm-hmm. My, my that was my grandfather. My dad did time down there in the pit, and then he moved on. And you can see. The ethics and the, the values of families coming down the generations, we as, a, as people don't, don't capture that. And I think it's really important. I looked on uh, Ancestry, um, took a free trial and, and just went through and went back to the 1800s on family. And I've got a name, a born and a died, born on such a date, died on such a date. I know nothing about that human being but he's a relation. And I find that quite, I and mean, it's impossible because of the, the war and the church records and things like that. It's impossible to find any more out. Right. And that's where we're going to be in 100 years' time. But you can change the way people think. The Rothschilds started with nothing and they're worth 400 billion now. It might have been 200 years ago, but the principle of how to manage wealth, if you do the right things generation upon generation, and change what's gone on before you, it can stop the three-generational thing.
1: Of course, you get the creation of family offices with the, the the objective to be able to protect that wealth down through the generations.
0: Correct. But with family offices, you probably need 50 million pounds sterling, probably 175 to $100 million dollars to get in one. And that yeah. wipes out probably 99.9% of the population. Yeah. But what we're bringing is to, to the general public is something to, to put in place the footings to hand over money in a better way than just giving them the money.
1: So we're talking about that, that financial education, that responsibility to preserve that money over the generations. Um, what's presupposed in that is that, that in your earlier example, that 20-odd-year-old um, son or daughter once <laughs> the down wants to transfer it down through generations. So, uh, is I, part of what you do is, is help to educate the person that's built the, the, the financial success, success, the financial wealth, help them educate the importance to, to their children, their, their adult children, the importance of generational wealth.
0: Correct. So, if you, if you think about the Golden Gate Bricks, they built the San Francisco side first. So if you think that's your your own knowledge, then they build the other side and you've got to build the knowledge of the next generation because it's not their fault. They don't know. They're just young. So you build their knowledge up and then they span across it. And that's how you build the, the, the bridges so that you don't just go, well, this is what I think and impose your views because... you've got to prepare them to to receive the will so that they can take it further forward. Because in 20, 30 years' time, whenever that is, um, and that's the other thing, we don't know, do we? We don't get an expiry date on a credit card. You don't go, well, Sean, in 30 years' time, that's it, and I can spend my last penny just before. We don't know. So if the money goes down, that they're prepared, and they understand that you want it to enhance the life. Now, going on a spending spree, buying Range Rovers and watches and holidays and just blowing your cash, is, it, may, it might be a great experience for them, but it's not, it's not down the line they'll be worse off emotionally because the money will run out. So you're thinking about making sure that you don't ruin the life by taking away desire. Somebody might be brilliant at something and go, well, I've got an amount of money coming, I don't need to work for three years. And you take away desire. Now, in young people, when you work around them, there's some fantastic, inspirational young people. And the last thing they need is the desire taken away from them.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. So what you talked a few times about legacy, part of that being kind of like multi-generational, the responsibility of, uh, maintaining, managing wealth so that it can um, be can be passed down through generations. But w- what to use legacy?
0: So what is that? Just went,
1: what, what 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 to use legacy? I know you talk about legacy, the importance of legacy. So, what are some of the things that you get your clients to think about in terms of legacy? Well, the, the
0: legacy is built on a story, so we we build a, a personal legacy. So we've got a series of questions, uh, things like, how would you like to be remembered? You know, what, what have you brought to this earth? Down the line, we're all not going to be here. No one gets out alive. So you can set how you want to be remembered. This is what I think I've done. This is what I was good at. This is me as a person. This is my family. These are my values. This is what I believe in. This is my story. Um, the knowledge and wisdom I've got can pass down. Because if, if you've made a mistake, why wouldn't you put that down for your kids? I did this, it didn't work. Unless things have changed, don't do this. Learn from somebody else's mistakes. Whereas what we do is we keep making the same mistakes. We just carry on generation after generation. And that's how wealth goes. For example, in the UK, if you're over certain thresholds, you might lose 40% of your wealth to inheritance tax. Well, that'd be sad to lose 40%, but it'd be worse to compound it And the the kids lose 40% as well. Mm -hmm. And the grandkids to lose 40% because we just keep making the same mistake and the government are sat there rubbing their hands going, look at these three generations of giving us sacks when they can avoid it. So it all links, but having a process to build a a legacy more than money is really important.
1: So how do you advocate... um... The capturing of those lessons learnt so that they're not lost through those generations we've got we
0: have a we have a process to do that we've got questions um and every everybody's different everyone is you know we the biggest problem i ever see is when somebody passes away is the family fine falling out over the money Mm. but not that is we had we, we had this with my wife's mom when she sadly passed away and it's different when somebody's in their 80s like she was. It's, they find it difficult to talk about it. So they don't want to will. They don't want to talk about death. But what happened, it, she was taken from us quite quickly, and that we're left with a house full of 50 years of stuff. And we don't know what really meant. You know, something really, really meant the world to her. And but it's it might be value in of no value, but we didn't know that. So you end up, and so what you, you build is what matters to me. I've got a client who's got some, he's got a 1750 grandfather clock. And I said to him last week, I said, What would you want to happen to your clock? And he went, Well, the last thing I'd want is them to sell it. Because it means a lot. I've had it, he sold a sports car in the when he was in his 20s, and he's now nearly 70. So he's had it all his life, and he values it so much, and it's, it's looked after. Him. And he said, the last thing I want them to do is sell it. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't know that at this moment in time. And you might ask his two kids and say, well, he doesn't want to sell it. And they go, well, we don't want to, because my house is a modern new house, and the grandfather clock looks stupid. <laughs> he, yeah. he can then decide what he wants. He yeah. might want to give it to a museum, or, or, or this was donated by. Mm-hmm. But if you don't talk about that, he's going to, you know, you're either going to smooth out knowing that, well, everything's right as I want it, or something goes wrong and it's all a a car crash for the next generation because what they fall out about is the money. Let's sell the house, let's rent it, all these things, and it's not clear. The finance is the easy bit. It really is, and it's, you know, we... I think the other thing is time. What you don't know is time. Um, What we talk about is financial independence, is making sure you you can live the life you want to live. So we, we we work out and build a plan for clients and work out what's enough. So businesses are moving forward. Hopefully people listen to this podcast are feeling a bit more optimistic. And, you know... They'll come a point where they'll go, I don't know whether I want time. But they won't know whether they've got enough money or not. And they won't know, and you'll, you'll have seen this, where they'd like to get out in the next five years, but they might actually be able to afford to get out now. They just don't know how much they need. So what we do is we, do, we use three apps. The first one is Life Planner. What's your story? And where do you think you're going? What do you want to do in life? So we wear that hat one is where you going, what's your story so far? Then we sit down and do the financial planning where we go, what, what are your assets? This is what people think is assets, inflows, outflows, which you mentioned before, but how much is enough? If you had enough money today to live your life with everything you wanted, would you do the same thing tomorrow as you're gonna do? I don't know. And then the financial advice comes in. But businesses, what happens is they tend to stay too long for them and for the business.
1: I know every piece of advice is is understandably tailored to the individual. it's all specific but as some broad brush principles you know people thinking they people listening to this might be thinking that they want to retire or exit their business in a three to five year time frame and let's say they have got some you know the, the, some pension provision already in place. What are some of the things that they should be starting to think about so that they are in a position that in three to five years time that they could they could retire they could sell?
0: I think as you, as well, it, it, I, I guess understand what the options are on day one is, is this business a saleable business? So if, if someone walks in today and does the due diligence on my business today, are they going to chip at the price? So am I going to get a million pounds that I think it's worth? Because it'll be worth more to them keeping it than selling it maybe. Or if, I've, if I can get a million pounds, but then I've got two or three people want it because it's all shiny. Is this Porsche got a Porsche engine in it, or is it a Porsche looking and they got a Ford Fiesta engine? So, right. ma- yeah. making sure that the engine and everything under the bonnet works. So I've got I've got HR do all my accounts stack up, is all the tax filed correctly, all the fundamentals that someone coming in, and, am I am I the hero in this business, or can it run without me? All the things that say when I walk in and I lift the bonnet up, this is fantastic, I want this business. And that's a different place to most business owners where they'll get a phone call from a corporate finance guy saying, we'll sell your business. And you're on the back foot straight away.
1: Yeah, I see that so often. Uh, and also you get the individuals that believe their business, You choose your example, it's worth a million pound or worth five million pound, whatever the number may be. But actually, the uh, they haven't, they can't run without them. They are the hero or the star of the show and there aren't the systems and the processes in place. Or even if it can run without them, it doesn't run at the level of performance required to achieve those business results. It requires that business owner driving the business forward uh, to achieve those sustainable business results. So yeah, they're still very key to the business and they don't, they rarely appreciate how the value diminishes when, when they're so key, when they step back, how the value of that business diminishes.
0: I, I agree. One of my, well, one of my longest serving clients. Probably, they probably, I think they were turning over about a million when, when I started with them about 18 years ago, and they're at 25 million turnover now. And I, okay. I go and see the two directors, and nothing to do. I'm <laughs> like, what are you up to today? They went, nothing to do because they don't, they're not needed. It runs without them. You know, they're working two days a week. They've got another business what they've started, which is flourishing as well. Because they just so they could sell the first business for a lot of money, but they love it because they have built it. But that's a great if you're in that position that you you could it runs without you, then it's a lot more saleable than where you're on on the tools having to do the do the widget making or whatever you do. You can't. You've got to be able to step back. And I think the other thing is you don't have to always sell um, it's about creating an exit. It might be a management buyout. It could be anything to, to make sure that you're stepping back away from it and getting your time and enjoying life. You know, there's the family, families by different ways of getting out of a business and, the sale could be the most painful if that's the way you go. And because you're going to get chips on price. It's like
1: buying a oh, house. Did you, and, and having helped a number of clients recently on that whole process, that due diligence process is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. I, You've uh, seen the
0: packs the lawyers get into and you are thinking, Oh my God, they want this now. And you, it never seems ending. And for the, and what happens is you're wanting out of your business. This has took nine, 10, 12 months and you're going, I just want it done. And then they go, Well, it's not worth a million now, it's worth 700,000. You just want it done. And so you accept that because you just want it, you've been beaten down so much and you just want out in the end. And that's when you're vulnerable to price chips. Whereas if over that period, the business has grown and grown and grown, you're going the other way. Listen, it's not a million pound now, look at the growth.
1: Yeah. And if actually you've already, you know, the questions that you're going to be asked in terms of those due diligence questions and the data rooms or, you know, a a shared, you can build up the the dot box of the Google file of all the, all the key things ahead of time. So you enter those conversations, those negotiations from a position of strength. And you know, you sit in front of an investor and you demonstrate. This is the reliability of the income. These are the systems and processes in place. This is the blue sky left within the marketplace, and um, this is the ongoing product development that's in place. And the list goes on. All these things that tick the boxes from an investor and reduce risks to the investor. And the investors are going, "Whoa, this is a business to buy."
0: Well, I, I, I also, um, from from any point of view, is you. <laughs> A buyer doesn't want to buy it when it's at its peak either. So you've got to be able to demonstrate. Look, we've taken it so far, but you taking this business. Look what you can do. Show them the the greenfield sites you've not, you, or the uh, blue sky thinking that you go. Well, I can't take it this far, but I know with new energy coming in, this is where it would go. And, and One of the things you... I
1: recommend clients to do actually is, if, if they are thinking about selling the business, is given mean, obviously I do a lot of work around strategic growth strategies, but also if they. It can be counterintuitive for a business owner to think, well, why would I need a growth strategy when I am about to sell it to demonstrate the blue sky, to demonstrate the opportunity for the next owner that they can take advantage of with that new energy, as you suggest.
0: Well, you don't, you don't, I don't want to buy something at the peak of its, it's just like buying shares. You don't want to buy it at its peak. You know, you want to buy it with opportunity still for that share to grow. And that's the same with any investor or anybody buying a company. They think I can buy it, so I'm either getting it cheap because this guy needs to get out or I'm buying it cheap because there's a lot of value to be added on top when I take over. He's getting a fair price because he's done a good job. I want to take it on to the next level.
1: So we've just been talking about in terms of that planning, uh, what what, um, business owners, what um, people can do in order to prepare for the exit, prepare for retirement. We've been talking about what they can do within their business. Okay. To increase the valuation at the time of sale, and that, you know that's a, that, that's the that's, that's a fuller episode on that uh, that point alone. But what else? What else should individuals be thinking about in terms of managing their their wealth and preparing for not only retirement but also enduring of that wealth or the growth of that wealth for generations? I
0: think have the fundamentals in place. So if you've come out and you've got an amount of money sat in the bank just after COVID because things have gone your way, um, then make sure the information you're receiving, so you might, everything, you know, with, with all different types of AI accounting systems now, there is no reason not to have your finger on the pulse all the time. So make sure that you know you've got 50,000 pound or whatever, 100,000 pound dollars, whatever, spare in your business, because you've got the information, so you're not looking at maybe a cash flow blip in three months time. So get the information in place. Um, and then from there, you should link that back to your personal strategy. So what am I thinking personally? Because obviously in the UK, we get um, tax relief for pensions, um, get the fundamentals right. So if, if anything goes wrong in the business, um, if you're unable to work is make sure that um, there's more than one person can pay the uh, staff. I've seen it a lot, I'll say to clients and say, well, what happens if you're not here for six months? Is somebody else on you can pay your staff? And they'll go, I'm the the only one on a bank account. So, well, if you're off for six months and you can't do anything and get on online banking and pay your staff, your business is shut when you come back. So fundamental, basic things, for businesses should be in place. If you then look at your personal plan and go, well, I need some increase to get financial independence, then you look at maybe taking some money out. Now, dependent on what the tax strategy is in the country, there'll be different ways of doing it. Over here, we use salary and dividends, and then we'll pay pension contributions. There are certain investments that will attract some uh, tax reductions on top of pensions, But we build the strategy. Well, that's only if the business is in the right place, having the right information on where they are in the the cycle. Taking money out because you've got a bit of spare cash, just putting putting it in a pension or whatever, might not be the right advice if you need to invest in software, for example, in six months. It's having this helicopter view of your business to go, you know what, this is spare.
1: And you're only going to get that when you've you've done that detailed financial projections in your business, you've done your cash flow projections, p l and balance sheet projections, then you've also taken into account um what investment do I need, whether it be an IT system, whether it be in r and d for a new product development, whether it be marketing for a new you know launch of a new product or into a new region or setting up a new distribution center, whatever it might be. you can only make those calls when you're all over that sh- that medium and longer term planning as well as the day-to-day operations.
0: And you'll you'll see in this gap in where someone get, gets quite a lot of business orders, and and it can be the worst thing they ever get. You, you know, we we're all chasing new business and sales and sales and sales, but if you get too many sales in and you're a manufacturer you've got to cash flow in. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, and what you'll see then is, well, I've got to pay out for all this equipment, and this was going back to engineering. We'd buy all the valves, all the pipework, make up all the um so we used to put fire equipment on oil rigs so okay build all these uh fire systems but we would not been paying to pay penny
1: yeah
0: and the cash flow in that business and they're saying when you're getting it out the door and this is why i hate an engineer at the end is saying well when you let me buy the valves to put on the, the skid to then get it out the door because we're on stock so you want me to get this out the door but i can't get any valves And that's what happens. And that's learning going all the way back. Cash flow in that business wasn't projected enough. And that's why it falls over. So one thing might be, you need to reinvest your 50,000 pounds to make sure you can fund the next order or you can grow to the next level. But if it's not, if it's beyond that, then you should be looking at a strategy to build your life plan. We look at the three acts then saying, right, well, what you're looking to what you're looking to do? What does your plan say you need in it? And is there any pension, investments, life cover, health insurance? All these things you've got aspirational, we can build, or is it is it towards your business exit? And where people are, if you if you find out their story, the personal story, you'll know where they're going anyway. Um,
1: do you think people think about legacy enough?
0: So. Um, Let me give you a quick story. guy called Alfred Noble, Noble Peace Prize. It's a really interesting story. Um, His brother died. He gets the newspaper the day after to read his brother's obituary, and it says, the merchant of death is dead. Alfred Noble invented dynamite. The papers thought he had died, so he read his own obituary. What actually happened... Was dynamite was being used in the mines to to get gold or whatever out the mines of coal or whatever, but it was then starting to be used to kill human life. So he was nice. perceived as the merchant of death. Fortunately for him, unfortunately for his brother, he didn't die, but he saw his obituary. So he was able to change his legacy from being the merchant of death in death is dead to what become the Nobel Peace Prize. And 90% of his wealth went forward to do to do what it's done today I love that story and it's yes. it's there's so many there's so many stories of history of Cornelius Vanderbilt the American the American uh, listeners all know the Vanderbilts in today's terms he would he was worth two and a half billion 2.5 billion in today's terms and um, his granddaughter has just left. billion dollars right so the money's gone two and a half billion in today's terms what would you do with that they've not done it very well whatever they've done
1: yeah it's gone yeah that's that education and that financial management through the families and the importance of that
0: and so legacy is the things i think people should take is we we what we do is we start with understanding who's in your team. So we build, and I do it quite crudely. Really, I get post-it stickers. There are other brands available. Post-it stickers with green people, beneficiaries, and the client. And then I put their green, red are who do you not want to inherit? So the outlaws, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, the boyfriend, the girl, whatever. They're not having any money if I die. And then we build the team around it: executors, trustees. Confidants or friends who you, you, your kids may go to and say, Well, what was my mum and dad like when they were having a beer or a glass of wine? What are they really like? The people you trust. And that's, you know, then we'll, we'll build a team from there. We then work out the, there's 20 billion pounds in the UK on the unclaimed asset register.
1: Nobody knows whose money it is. 20. So this is money left in bank accounts that hasn't been claimed? Pensions,
0: bank accounts. And that's only going to go worse because we're digital now. So blockchain's another one. If you've not got the password and the login, you're not going to into it ever. No. Sorry, not blockchain, um, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. So Bitcoin, they're losing, they're losing the money or the, the coins because they don't have the access codes. Yeah. Um, so we build... A, a document that's got everything in the sentimental item this watch obviously it's not a world war one watch but it was with my granddad in world war one and great granddad don't it's worth nothing but it's of great sentimental value so these things don't cost is to have a list of items and say this is the item what is it what's it worth what do i want to happen if i die this is what i ha- want to happen and then what we do is we'll sit down and and go to the beneficiaries, generally the kids, and go, this is what your mum and dad, or your mum or your dad, want to happen. And then try and understand where they sit. We have a question we ask the kids and ask them basics about finance. Generally, if they're under 30, not great responses. They don't have a lot of knowledge. So my job is to take the client's views and help build knowledge and build the other side of the goal. Do you
1: I recommend books like Rich Dad Poor Dad?
0: Yeah, anything. What what's um, the psychology of money is a good book. Um, it's it's about understanding where you want to take your your family wealth. I mean, the, there's a lot that uh, Paul Armisen does a book called um, Enough, Enough. Yeah. and that's about financial planning. I've already seen that. Lee Esenberg does the number. Um, there's not a lot on legacy because we don't think of it in terms of other things other than money. Generally, I mean, you give a a great answer, Gavin, at the beginning about wealth. It it was more than one dimensional. But that's how we think of... Because the lawyers and the financial advisors always want to talk about your money. Mm, mm. That's where they get paid. We've
1: been talking about... um the, the management and the growth of wealth and the maintenance of wealth. Not everybody listening to this will think that they're in the position of that yet because they may have had a tough time over over recent months or, or years and they may be struggling. So what advice would you give to those that maybe are having a bit of a, a bumpier ride right now um, who don't feel that they have the luxury of saving or putting money aside into pensions because they're struggling to make ends meet? So what advice do you give to, to people like that?
0: I think what, you, what you've what you got to do is look at your expenditure yep. and just make sure that the, the money is allocated to the things that are important. Sometimes we we, we have a lot of waste in our, um, you know, we live to a lifestyle that we can't afford. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that, you know, and it's difficult to say when when somebody, you know, if you, if you enjoy whatever you enjoy and you can't afford it, it's difficult to say, well, that's the only thing I enjoy in life. I'm not, I'm not giving that up. But maybe cutting back or, or getting to a point where you can look forward from and go, well, this is the worst it's going to be. I've cut it right back. Um, maybe the, the cable or the satellite TV subscription just gets cut back to what you can afford. Um, maybe ch- just make, cut your cloth accordingly first. Yeah. And, and look, you know, there's always, um, I think one of the best clients I. Heather um, spoke to, didn't become a client, She because she was 60, 65 years old, she didn't have a lot of money, she was on about £14,000 a year, and she said, um, and it was an introduction from another client, so I went seeing her, and I said, well, what do you want? She said, I'd love to retire, I, I love doing cakes and for weddings and birthdays and that, but she was a carer. And I said, right, so we we, we got all the details, all the information, we forecast things forward, um, and this was November. And I went at the end of November and said, listen, if you do this right now in April, you can finish, 18 months earlier. And she started crying because she hated what she did, and I I showed her how we would do it. And she couldn't because of the way we had to do it, she couldn't become a client because it wasn't, complicated it was just the thinking behind it and that gave me as much pleasure as as anything I've ever done because that I changed that lady's life Mm. for two years of her life she she would have carried on working for two years and she would never get that time back Mm. so time is the one thing that we think we've all got and we've not so giving someone two years of doing something they love rather than something they hate is is. An incredible feeling it's incredible you just i i, I still and that this is going back. you know i do this all the time and it's obviously if somebody has something to change and, and investments to make or getting out of a business um i still get that kind of enjoyment but that had the most impact on me um last last two months i've got two people out of businesses and it's changed their life yeah. but they're getting out with a lot of money
1: yeah
0: so, but that doesn't that that that's nice for them, but what really matters is changing someone's life who really doesn't have a lot of money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's an incredible feeling, and that and so I think, what,
1: what did you advise that she did differently so that she could retire in 18 months to earlier? Just
0: so we, we did a financial forecast, and when what happens, and clients will, and, and people will, will you'll in the UK, people will go from job to job, workplace pension, they might be in a uh final salary scheme. They've all these different things. I call it stuff. You've got all this stuff and in reality, you don't know what it means. So it's building up and building up. You've had a job here and a job there. It's building up and you forgot about half of it Um, and you don't know what it actually means. So when you get to bring meaning to it and it goes in a plan, you can see a way forward and you can either identify you've got too much, you're not enough Mm -hmm. or just the right amount. But if you've got too much, that means you can probably go now. If you're not enough, well, what do I need to do to get enough? Mm. And if I've got enough, then what do I want to do? Yeah. Worry you once. You should do, if you can get to a point where you can do the things you want to do and love, well, I want to know when I'm there. Surely. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. You know, Roger Bannister, when he ran the four first 4 four-minute mile, he planned every step. He worked every lap. He had runners in front of him. Edmund Dillamy didn't just start walking round and go, Hey, flipping, I come at the top of Everest. That <laughs> was lucky, wasn't it? It was walking around the <laughs> Himalayas, He had a plan. And people think and and I'll sit down and, and I'll put we we put a plan together at our expense for our clients, basically because if I if I can't see where they're going, they've no chance. So we'll do it at our expense because they need to see where they're going. And then we can start to go, well, that's where you're going if you carry on going that way. Well, you've told me you want to go this other way.
1: Yeah, brilliant.
0: Therefore, let's change direction. It, it, you know, you've heard it many times. You'll be going from Manchester to New York. He doesn't go in a straight line. He's all, is the, the pilot's always adjusting his... Absolutely. It, it, it adjusts. So we might start on, on one line. You go, you know what, I want to finish next year. Well, we'll have to change something. Let's work towards the things you want rather than running away from things. It changes people's lives, putting things together like that. Fantastic.
1: So, Sean, if anybody wants to find out more, how you can help them plan, help them manage uh, and help them change their life, most importantly, how do they get hold of you and your team?
0: So I'm on LinkedIn, um, obviously, so they can connect on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm at uh, BW, uh, Bushel Health, Health Management, um, so they can just connect. I'm on um, sean.halt at sjpp.co.uk and I'm happy to have a conversation with people. You know, sometimes I've got a connection when I was talking to um, a lady in Montana about Legacy and it's wow. like I don't know where Montana is and I'm <laughs> sure people don't know where Lee is in England, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, we've all got to learn from each other and um it's it's good to talk sometimes and, and and learn from each other. Um so I'm i co- I'm very contactable, happy to hear what people think about this. Hopefully it was fun. It was fun for me. Thank you for having me uh,
1: And for me too, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your approach around really helping people to change their lives. And you know, the wealth part is only part of the story. It's about sharing or the, or the money part is only. Financial planning part is part of the story. You know, it's sharing wealth through generations and the importance of legacy and the importance of changing lives. were Were three really important messages that came through to me from this conversation. So, thank you, Sean. No problem. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.